Saying low, Apple Music. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another conversation right here on the interview series. And this is a great one. It's the first time I've ever had a chance to really have a long and significant conversation with a modern icon in music who's lived a life full of challenge and triumph. Jennifer Hudson, on the verge of what will be a career-defining role for her on screen. I mean, Jennifer Hudson can turn her attention to anything. And if she believes it, she'll pull it off completely and authentically. But this particular role that she took on as the late, great Aretha Franklin, as chosen to play the role by the late, great Aretha Franklin, it had to be an all-consuming experience. I mean, how else could you do it? And that's pretty much the tone of the conversation that we have right here is just how Jennifer Hudson got herself into a place where she's able to take on a role that is so important, not just to her personally, but to the world and beyond music too. And the kind of impact that Aretha Franklin had across the world in so many different ways. Powerful. It's a powerful opportunity. A new conversation with Jennifer Hudson talking about her life leading up to this role in the movie Respect. Enjoy it. Believe that's the voice. Believe that is the voice. (laughs) Thank you. Believe that is why we are here. The human being gives birth to the spirit and the spirit and the voice and all coming together on this beautiful project, this movie, this music. And of course, you know, the human being who ties it all together. Jennifer Hudson, it's great to see you. How are you? Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for, you know, what it will no doubt be such a loving portrayal of such an incredible life and We'll dive into all the challenge and the triumph of creating that. But starting with that particular song, Jennifer, what a way to start this whole conversation. And to be able to collaborate with someone like Carol King, what? I mean, unreal. You said it. Beyond unreal. A legend in her own right. And to know her, she wrote Natural Woman, for God's sakes. And what better way to pay homage to Aretha Franklin putting the cherry on top than to have Carol King come and write the title song. I have to ask you how the actual experience was on a personal level because we hear the song, so we know the result was special. But were there conversations with Carol? Were there stories? Were there ways of getting inside the experience through human communication before you leaned into what you naturally do, which is to create? You know what? That is definitely what it was all about. Like It was done over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. And it's a lot of conversations about her experience, her personal relationship with Aretha, and pulling from those things. And then my own as well, experiences with her. And also for me to say like what I knew the narrative or the storyline of the film was. And so putting all those things together, that's where Singing My Way Home, Here I Am, came from. You know, you've lived such an, and continue to to live such a fascinating life within the creative space because you get to sing songs from the heart that speak to your life. Yes. And then you also get to have these, these moments living vicariously through other people's lives, but you can't divorce yourself from it. Otherwise, it's not going to emotionally resonate. So how was that experience combining the two, wanting to speak and sing and create to the life of, of Aretha Franklin, but being able to put yourself into it so it actually means something. That's what it's about for me. 
meaning something. That's what I love. Things with substance, things that I'm passionate about. And this in particular was very personal, like to me, obviously the most personal project ever alone, adding the passion on top of it. And then the rawness, the realness of the reality and the story, like me, Jennifer, I can't help but to resonate with it, you know, and come from an honest, vulnerable place, which you will see in the music and in the film. It's like a, a lot of raw, real emotion. And for me, it, it is, it's bizarre. I don't know what to call it, but at times it felt as if our worlds came together, you know, especially in delivery. And then, but what made it challenging was when it's time to like in emotional scenes, that's when I need to cut through so I could deliver as an actress, but in a human way to make it feel real. I'm always so blown away by artists who are able to take on a project of this magnitude and somehow separate yourself from that natural human inclination to overthink things, to box yourself in pressure, anxiety, worry, all those things that you don't want around you so you can be as pure as you can. Yeah. How did you do that? And was it challenging for you? Because you talked about how important it was to you. That's not always enough. Sometimes that comes with a caveat of stress. But yeah, it does. You, you hit it dead on the head in every way. That's coming now. All <laughs> of the anxiety, the thinking of it, because you can't be your best if all of that is clouding you when you're trying to perform and do what you need to do. And I remember people saying on set, like, you're really calm. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> really not. Not in the inside, but I use it and put it into the character. You know what I mean? Like, man, my existence in this experience right now, whatever I'm feeling in this moment, put it in the character and let it come through the character. Because in some form, it would um, resonate to what she may have been feeling a lot. The music is is live. In the film, like, no, I want to experience it as she did. In the moment. In the moment. So she sang Amazing Grace Live. Well, we're going to sing that right here live. Let's have church. If, if she was learning Ain't No Way, okay, well, Jennifer has to unlearn the song as what we know it to be today, because it's not Jennifer Hudson, the singer. It is the actress who's portraying Aretha Franklin. And in this scene, she's learning the song. She don't know the song yet. It's forming before your eyes. So... Allowing that whatever, okay, I'm uncertain in this moment. Well, of course, you would naturally be. So use it in that moment. So whatever I was feeling, whether it was anxiety, whatever emotion, I allowed it to come through the character or use it for the character. Yeah, that word uncertainty is so important because there is a significant part of Miss Franklin's life mm-hmm. that was built from within uncertainty. And these key signature moments that we see now as being strong signs of independence and strength had to come from vulnerable place. It had to get to that place. Yes. And that is, for you to play that and to suspend that disbelief of who's playing who is incredible. How did you know for you that the take was good? Instinct. I like to surprise myself. Whether I'm singing the song, I want to be like, whoa, what's happening? Well, it's the same for in a scene. Like, if I'm not present, then that's no good. But if I'm living in that moment and it's honest, and it's normally the first take or two, about three or four, okay, it's acting now. I need it to be lived in. I need it to be raw, real. Again, like the Precious Lord scene of um, Dr. King's memorial. 
it's one of my favorites because it's so raw. It's so honest. We can't go back in the studio and put a vocal on top of that because no, that emotion was real in that moment and it requires that moment. So you can't duplicate that. So allowing it to be in the moment, that's what life is. We don't get a rehearsal. We don't. And we carry our emotions and our experiences through the day with us. And sometimes they stay with us for a long time. And it takes, yes. it takes, it takes real practice and real work to untangle those. Could you leave experiences like that behind at the end of the day? And if not, how did you maintain a balance where you could function as Jennifer, but have be so committed to Aretha Franklin? You know what? In this particular project, I just had to give myself to the whole project during that whole time. I remember coming out of filming, telling people in my life when I got back to it, y'all, I've been stuck in the 60s for the past few months. Okay. <laughs> give me a minute, you know, like, cause I'm surrounded by it. even on my off time. Like I still have pieces in my closet. That's my own, but was reminiscent of something she would have wore. Or I would be smiling in photos like, that was Aretha, Jennifer. That wasn't, that wasn't how you. you smile. You know what I mean? So little things like that. And a lot of things are still with me, like the way she sings or approaches notes, how she stylized certain things. I now have adopted those things because now it's a part of me from, yeah. you know what I mean? So certain pieces stick with you or p- playing the piano. And before this, I would listen to the melody, the vocal line, but now no, what key is that in? What? Uh, give me those chords. Let me learn how to play it. Like so, now I look at it a different way. You know, so a lot of those things you adopt and they stay within you. You know. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson. So thrilled to be able to just dive into it. What is a life changing experience for you and for millions and millions of fans around the world to see this life come to life again on the screen. Wow. So let's go back to the moment when it all started. Let's talk about your first experience as a fan, as a child, hearing that music, and how can you best describe it? Wow. As far back as I can remember, Dr. Feelgood comes to mind. Yeah, man, because it's a hell of a groove. That's why. That's exactly that. But I remember hearing the adults talk about that song, like what the, you know, she was saying. And, and that to me is the power of a lot of her songs and music is because during the era like that, what woman was singing respect and and demanding it at the same time in the era in which she grew up, which gave it even more power. It was not subservient at all. It was 100% a war cry. I love it. You know, which is like, dang, that's powerful. That's impactful. And it resonates and it stands out. And Dr. Feelgood was the same for me because I remember hearing conversations about the song and the nature of it and, and the nerve of it. And it's like, Wow, well, who was that? Aretha Franklin. And then growing up in church, singing Amazing Grace and Precious Lords and uh, every gospel song under the sun, and later learning while researching a film and like, wait a minute, that was Aretha's rendition? And not just that, but church was, and we're realizing this now as people discover these recordings, reissue them, present them to the world with love and care. And this movie puts a beautiful halo of context around it that Aretha's relationship with the church yes. is at the core of her relatability to her fan base and has been celebrated subsequently for that fact. Definitely. It's every bit of who she was. And that was important to me in the film to maintain that that base. No matter what genre she inherited, the root and the base was always gospel. I don't care if it was jazz, if it was blues, if it was standards, 
if it was her soul that she created, the queen of soul, that undertone of everything was always the gospel. How much, how much did that inspire you individually, just that element? Because, and I'll give it a little bit of modern context because, you know, there are many religions and many ways to, to worship and many communities to be a part of. But pop music and the industry per se, the construct of what you're supposed to fit into when you're trying to make records and appeal to a wider audience, historically, there's been this inclination toward be that in your own time, when you step into our room, we need to reach as many people as possible and whatnot. And that is actually, that is anti-theoretical to who you are as a human when you're raised by the church and it inspires you. Someone like Aretha just wouldn't hear that at all. And she wouldn't be, she wouldn't listen to that. So for someone who's deeply dedicated to your faith, but also has built a wonderful career for yourself, is she kind of like like the, the, the central fire to that ability to maintain both? Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. That's the power that I walked away with or the, the thing from the whole film, even playing it and, and watching it and being a fan of her. It's like holding on to that treasure, that substance, that base within yourself. And that is where your power lies. And to, it's so hard to maintain what your faith is or what you believe in or your value when you have so many around you telling you to be this or sending you in, in different directions. It's powerful when you can maintain your premise, your base, your foundation. And that's what she did. And that's what I try to do as well. And the base of that is our faith. There's a moment in this whole story where it becomes very real. And before we get to that moment, which involves you and Aretha striking a a spiritual agreement that you would do this experience, there has to be some part of you in your heart that drew her to you. And I think about this all the time, about the way that artists reflect their heroes. They almost provide, through inspiration, a reflection back. So that's why someone here meets someone here, because they see in you what they see in themselves. Mm. Did you manifest this in your mind, looking back on it now? Was this something that you felt you were on a journey towards? Wow. I think you've said it best. I've been trying to figure it out what that is. I love that you said spiritual agreement. I'm looking for something to write it down, like write that down. Because I've been wondering like, what is this? It almost feels spiritual. I keep saying that. So for you to put it in words, it's like, thank you for that, first of all. But yes, it feels like every bit of that. It's like it was already ordained or already happening. Even thinking back to when I auditioned for America Idol. They said, what you going to say? Share your love with me by Aretha Franklin. (laughs) Who would have ever thought? I didn't know at the time that one day I would play Aretha Franklin. I would love for you to search for the words now if possible to try to describe the moment when you and Aretha built this agreement and began to discuss the idea of what it would be to step into her into her role, into her life and present her life, which is intimidating on any day. When there's somebody who's like, hey, I'm self-aware to know now is the time I'll leave it up to you to explain how that experience was. I am still trying to find the words. Um, You can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to be Aretha Franklin, huh? And then when she say for you to do it is another thing. That's another pressure and the treasure that she is to all of us. I'm a fan too. You know what I mean? So add that on top of it. What do you take and do with such a gift? To do what? How? 
which I again still sit with. Like I every day I'm like, okay, did, did, am I do, am I doing what I need to do? What else can I do? What did I do to get here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So many things because it's so massive, but I respect it. And I'm passionate about it. So everything it, I can only thing I can do is allow it to one to continue to do whatever I've done before. And even in those moments, yes, for me, like when I did the BET tribute to her, in my mind, I was like, this is my audition. Although we've had conversations about it long before then. Our first conversation was right after I won the Oscar for Dream Girls. It was a few months after that. And then she called me doing Color Purple and was like, it's you who I want to play with me. Don't say a thing. I feel as though I was one of the last people to speak to her before she passed. I didn't even realize just how sickly she had gotten. And I'm like, she called me. Wow. And that call to me was her saying like, I hope you're ready because it's time. You know? That to me is one of the most important elements of this whole experience is to for somebody to, based on what you're saying and the timing of it, let me make an assumption without any clear knowledge that there was some realization that someone should try to create some context and add, and add value to the legacy here. And I found her. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And to experience that, I, I really, I, I have to say this. I was going through my one of my phones the other day and I ran across her messages. And it, it was certain songs like, Jennifer, I want you to sing this. I want you to sing this. I want you to sing this. So now my only goal is to do whatever she asked me to do. Right. And it was my dream to do it, too. Let me be clear on that. It ain't just her. I wanted to, you know, play Aretha. That was my next idea of a role. But even going back, it's like, no, I take this seriously and I respect it. And I just want to meet whatever her request was, whatever her wishes were. So now I look back at that to get those words, knowing it's directly from her to say, sing this, sing that, sing this. Ma'am, I'm going to do it even after the fact, you know, like, right. Still taking those notes and upkeeping them, at least to the best of my ability. It requires so much trust to step into an environment like this. You, you can't do it yourself. You, you really need to feel like the people around you are going to help you to achieve the best possible result. You have an incredible director and a team around you. How did teamwork play into this overall experience? Teamwork was everything. And the beautiful, the most beautiful part was every department. From the director, the DOP, to the extras, the wardrobe, to everything, the yeah. hair, makeup, everybody on this set was there out of love and respect for Miss Aretha Franklin. Like it was a passion project through and through for everybody. There was not a soul there that did not want to be there. It was so it was like a celebration. You know, Aretha brought people together through her music in her life. So for everybody to come together to pay tribute and homage to her life, what better way to attempt to give back to her than that? And you you just could see the impact that she's left on so many. I mean, it was so full of love and everybody poured their hearts into it, every department. One of the things I think that people love and respect about you as a human and an artist is that you work in a very direct way to achieve your vision mm. and you show strength in those in those moments and that's inspiring to people. Thank you. 
So I ask this out of the greatest of respect because I know you've worked in casts before and been involved in all sorts of things. But did you learn anything new about the process of collaboration through this experience? Well, first of all, I always say I couldn't live this life without y'all, whoever is working, because everybody, you know, it has, a, I call it a superpower. So yes, it's it's so many things. And so, especially to a life like Aretha's, there's so many layers, which requires so many, you know? So I think of, Tracy, the writer. I'm like, whew, I'm glad I didn't have to be the writer. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm Aretha, you know, which it lightens the low. Or the director who has to have the overall vision. Or little Sky who plays young Aretha. Like, everybody carried their weight. Titus playing James Cleveland. Like, so it, it was a, a, a group effort. And yeah. even in her life, thinking of her sisters, her father, her... Everyone that was around her, even the legends from Dr. King and all, so many, you know, yeah. that's it, it molds you. It makes you who you are. One of the things you can't do when you're an actor, unless you're deeply involved in the direction of production of things. And I know you're an executive producer, so it's different for you because you'll be involved in every aspect of the film as it happens. But to some degree, you have to let go and trust the director that they're going to be able to see the vision through, which unlike being an artist, you don't just record your songs, walk away and wait for somebody to present the mixes. You're right there every step of the way. So how was that experience going into a, a private screening room and watching various cuts of this movie I can imagine your stomach must have been in knots at times because you can only do so much on the day. And then it's like, even with the best of intentions, what if I don't love what I see? That can happen, especially in the position of not only being the actor, but an executive producer, which means you're far more hands-on and involved. And that didn't register to me until maybe after the third time seeing the film. And I'm like, what is this? And it's like, wait a minute, you're you're an executive. Yeah, you have you have a seat here. Yes. So it's from a different lens, whether whereas if I'm doing another film, it's like you're the actor. So yes, you just do your job and then they all do the rest, you know? But in this, when you're the executive producer, no, you get to come in, you get to tweak, you get to see the movie making. Yes. Behind the scenes process and tweak things, uh, have notes, things like that, which was my first experience, which made it a very different experience, but a learning experience at the same time. But I felt it was necessary because it's it, it's such a, a personal project for me. And and I had a, a job or an obligation to see certain things through. When it was over and you went home and you were able to sort of eventually find yourself centered in the modern age and you weren't one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat as it's leaving. <laughs> like It's the 60s. It's 2021. It's the <laughs> 60s. Oh. How was your creative spirit? Were you exhausted? Were you relieved? Were you inspired? All of it. All of it. Because when acting, you're actually giving yourself up for someone else to come in. So you don't get to have that portion of your life for yourself. You're walking in someone else's shoes. You're going into their world, their way, their thoughts, their emotions, their all of that. But you may use yours for it. So that made it, um, which depends on the character, what weight you carry with that. And so coming out of it, especially a role like this, I'm like, it's almost like having a baby. Did I make it? Is the baby here? Did it yeah. help? Yeah. It's like holding your breath for months. But this, I feel, has been longer because this has been in the works and talks oh, for a long time. I can't even you know? imagine, even just in preparation for this role, I saw you in a room performing after it had been announced. 
several years ago. So yeah. this this whole it's not like the pressure subsides it to some degree it could actually multiply. Yes, and that's what I'm sensing now. So it's a bit of it's different phases of it depending on what phase you're in. Like before filming it I'm like wait a minute, you want me to do this? Oh lord, okay. Well, maybe that's what got me through it. Like Aretha say do this. Okay, well, that was my encouragement to get through it. If she said I can do it then then okay, I'm gonna try. And, then you're and I'm in it, and there's no you can't divorce yourself from it because you have to no. give into the moment, otherwise you're not gonna do it at all. Exactly. And if you're gonna commit, commit. At least that's what I like to do here at J Hook Productions. I have to do this. And then once you're in it, oh my God, this is happening. That's the next moment. And then after it's done, wait, what did I do? <laughs> okay. Um, it's like a balancing act of it all, which I still have to process. Temporarily walking in the shoes of Aretha Franklin in order to do, do this role justice and then coming back to who you are as Jennifer Hudson, not just musically, not just creatively, as a businesswoman. Yes. As a woman, as a black woman, as an artist, in an industry, has living vicariously through Aretha changed the way that you will run all of the parts that make you you? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like that is a gift of it all that I got out of it. I feel as though it's a lot of things that's for the taking, for the viewer when you see the film. But it's a matter of your perspective, what you're looking for, what you need. So, but for me, my takeaway is like owning your treasure, your voice, and trusting it. That's where the power lies. Because as soon as she did that, that's when we got our queen of soul. So it's like, well, what does my treasure hold? If I trust my voice, if I trust my way, and that's where the song comes from. Listen to the words of the song. Yeah. It's like, I've trusted too many too long. And that song to me is like our world's intertwining. At times, like, yeah, this is written for her, but Jesus, I feel like I'm singing about myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's so true. It resonates so well. But it gave me that to trust my voice and, and wow. my trust. Yeah. So there was before and there was after. It's as simple as that. Yes. And it's so much stronger trusting that, that self-assurance because of watching her walk her path or being able to portray her watch walking her path and to know like, wow, she met adversities and she went through things, but she still prevailed because at some point she trusted herself. And that's the arc of the story. She starts out with very little space taken up in a room, minimal words, very little expression, and then eventually finds her voice and her place. And there we found our queen. So, so do you think now with a little bit of altitude that what Aretha saw in you, besides your remarkable ability as a performer and a singer who really draws from your soul, which was, that's, that's box number one. Like, if you can't carry the performance, we're not even here. But do you think there was a part of her that saw, maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but that saw that there was that room for you to grow and those lessons for you to learn in the same way that she had in her own way and that by stepping into this role, ultimately you would come to that conclusion yourself? Aretha was a clever woman, so yes. And I think that's something she knew, saw, that was with one within her and that maybe she saw within me that I didn't even know was there. For me, that's when it clicked while filming. It was a lot of those discoveries that took me back to our conversations where I'm like, wow, 
she taught me a lot about life or teaching me about her life. And what she was speaking from was real life experiences, which gave me that much more fuel and ammunition and motivation to go off while filming, but to walk away with as a treasure. She was giving you life lessons. Life lessons firsthand. And I now know that even uh, thinking back to the scene of when her mother comes to her and it was a heavy scene. And I remember Audrey McDonald saying like, oh, this is a heavy life to tell. And I was like, so drained after the scene. And I was like, yes, it is. But it was that moment when I was like, this is beyond singing. Oh, Jennifer sings and Jennifer acts. But without my own life triumphs and experiences, I don't think I would have been able to reach that deep to be able to tell her story so honestly and to understand it. Mm, that's the but key. she, she knew Underst- that. She helped you understand it. That's the key. Yes, she knew that. I didn't at the time when she was talking to me. But once I got to relive those moments of her story, that's when it hit me like, this is what she saw. There are going to be moments in those conversations that should and will forever remain private between yourself and and Miss Aretha Franklin. But if there was one moment that you feel comfortable sharing with all of everybody who's listening and watching now from a conversation that just stays with you and rings true with you. It could just be an idiosyncrasy or something that made you laugh. It could be a life lesson, something that she said (laughs) that just stays with you. She said, I'm the queen of soul. (laughs) That's it. And it's like, yes, (laughs) ma'am. You the queen of soul. (laughs) That. And and that's what made me laugh because I've been thinking about that. And it's like, that is what she said. She was the queen of soul. She is the queen of soul. And she she knew her worth. She knew her worth. Always remain the queen of soul. And I was, yes, ma'am. Jennifer Hudson, before we say goodbye, first of all, just a premature thank you for taking the time to talk about this movie. I've been fascinated and dying to have a conversation with you about it because it's not a role that you get to talk about ever. It's once in a lifetime that this gets done this way. Wow. I wanted to finish by asking you, by stepping away, because I think I think we owe it to you now to let the role play out the way it's going to on screen. And to get back to embracing the Jennifer Hudson who's learned all those lessons, who's now going to go and live your life. Because you you earned that. It's your life to live. Thank you. <laughs> so you're off the hook on that as far as I'm concerned. This is We're back to Jennifer Hudson. We're back to Jay Hud now. Thank you. So with that in mind, where is your creative sitting now? Are you feeling good about music? Have you been creating? I hear whispers you have. Without giving away too much, where does the direction lead forward motion now, now that we've, we can say goodbye to this to some degree? Being fair, true to myself and being myself with a makeup, a mashup of all my life experiences. It's like, I know this is my moment at this moment, but when I think of voices and presence, people with a presence like in Aretha, who got the biggest, most powerful, impactful voice ever. But what good is it if you can't use your own words, your own expressions? Imagine how frustrating that can be. You know, so I feel I owe it to myself to have that voice and speak from my own life and my own experiences. You know, I feel that I've lived enough life And I feel like I've earned the right to do that. And so anything moving forward will be for me. 
You know, I've, I feel as I've shared everything in every way. And I love doing that. But when is it my turn? And that goes just for me as overall, every aspect of myself. And that's the space I'm, I'm in. But that's the gift that I felt I got from her. The permission or the okay to say, young ladies, okay for you to be you and do you now. Jennifer, I, I really, really enjoyed talking with you again. And thanks so much for your time. And I know you have long days ahead of you, but I have no doubt it will be worth it. The movie is going to move people. And Thank thanks you. so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Always good to see you. The incredible Jennifer Hudson emerging from the role of a lifetime playing Aretha Franklin just blows my mind. Imagine getting a phone call from the artist saying, hey, I would really love you to play me in a movie. It's time and you're the right person to do it. That is very few people on this planet will ever get a call like that. Jennifer Hudson is one of them. We just captured it. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, rate it, leave a comment and follow the interview series. We're not stopping. Take care.